Back to throw Fitzpatrick. Throwing high into the air. Got it. Parker, touchdown. What a win for this Miami Dolphin team. Wow. What is up, Dolphins, and welcome to the Drive Time Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins official podcast network covering your Miami Dolphins each and every day. How's it going, everybody? Happy Tuesday. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, we continue our roster preview series with the offensive line. We're going to break this thing up into two parts because we have 15 guys along the offensive line. We'll get into seven of the 15 guys of that group. The same mindset remains here with plenty of change up front to be physical and versatile. We'll detail all of that. Plus, we'll hear from Coach Flores on his Monday media availability, as well as update you on all the latest around Dolphins camp, all of that and more on this Tuesday, August the 4th edition of the Drive Time Podcast. That's another Miami Dolphins. And before we dive into the offensive line preview and Coach Flores' media availability from Monday, a couple of notes on the Miami Dolphins roster as our third player has come off the COVID-19 slash reserve list and linebacker Jerome Baker, he was removed from that list. Running back Malcolm Perry has been added to the COVID-19 slash reserve list and the Dolphins add another defensive back to the roster by way of Picasso Nelson Jr. What a name. Nelson spent the 2019 season on the Indianapolis Colts practice squad. He originally entered the NFL as an undrafted free agent out of college with Jacksonville on May the 10th, 2019. He played 50 games at Southern Miss between 2014 and 2017. He recorded 202 tackles there, 120 of those solo, 15 passes defensed, five picks, and he forced one fumble. As a senior in 2018, he earned honorable mention All-Conference USA. So Picasso Nelson Jr. in the building, as are the Dolphins in their strength and conditioning program. We had tons of content up on the website, up on socials, taking a look at these guys doing their conditioning drills, getting some stretching and getting out on the football field. And I don't know about you, but for me, lifelong Dolphins fan, it feels incredible to see those guys back in their jerseys, their aqua colored jerseys, their white colored jerseys. And for the three quarterbacks, of course, the red jersey, the stop sign jersey, do not hit me with those guys in the red jersey. So we're back on the football field getting after it. And among that group of Miami Dolphins, 15 of those guys play along the offensive line. We're going to cut this thing into two parts as we continue our 2020 roster training camp preview as we swing by the offensive line room. We have gone over each part of the offense so far, quarterbacks, running backs, receivers, and tight ends, and we finish it up up front in the trenches along that offensive line. And once again, we are going in order of jersey number as we spin it forward here to last year's undrafted rookie that started 10 games. Check that. Started seven games for the Miami Dolphins. He played in seven games in Shaq Calhoun as he enters year number two here in Miami. He wears number 62 out of Mississippi State. Going to be 24 years old on opening day. He played 471 snaps last year on offense, 34 on special teams, and he was in the lineup for 139 run blocking snaps and 332 pass blocking snaps on which he only surrendered five quarterback hits throughout the course of the year. Coach Flores applauded Calhoun among a few other UDFAs in last year's crop for the desire to improve and develop 
up on a daily basis. He had this to say about Calhoun and the other UDFAs as part of the question from the media availability. He says, Calhoun, and I would really say of all the undrafted kids, those guys are doing a really good job. They're all working hard. They're all very eager to learn and to do extra on the practice field and in the meetings. They stay late. They're in early. They're out there lifting, end quote. And you'll hear more of that later in this podcast for the desire for these guys to have a certain criteria, a certain mindset to be a Miami Dolphin. So Flores speaks that way about Shaq Calhoun as he does the players he wants to bring in to this Miami Dolphins program. And up next, a player that was added last year as well, but this one through the draft and third round draft pick in 2019, Michael Dieter played his first season last year with the Dolphins, enters number two, of course, this season in 2020. He wears number 63 out of Wisconsin, going to be 24 years old on opening day. And this guy's played multiple positions going back to college and in the pros. He made 53 consecutive starts in college, didn't miss a single one along that Badgers offensive line, played 16 games at center in college, 13 at left tackle, and 24 at left guard, the same position he played last year with Miami for 15 games in his rookie season. He played 995 offensive snaps, getting a lot of experience last year up front on that line, and he played 61 more snaps on special teams, so up over 1,000 snaps last year for Jesse Davis. And Badgers football and offensive linemen, well, they go together like pardon this horrible analogy, like Wisconsin and cheese. Technique and power are traits that most of those 11 Badger offensive linemen who have been drafted over the last decade all feature. And if you listen to Duke Mayweather talk about offensive line play, he's one of the elite trainers of offensive line, one of the foremost opinions on offensive linemen. He had this to say about Wisconsin linemen last year, as he always has a crop of guys come and work out with him and train with him in the run-up to the draft. Quote, Wisconsin has traditionally done a great job of recruiting talent from the high school ranks that not only have the physical traits we all get enamored with, such as height, length, weight, power, explosion, and athleticism, but they find the players that usually have a very good base of fundamentals and technique. End quote. And Dolphins general manager Chris Greer, he echoed those comments after Miami selected Dieter last April with the 78th pick in that 2019 draft. Quote, Just his consistency and toughness, Greer says of his desirable traits. It's typical Wisconsin. You kind of watch it. You kind of know what you're getting. It's kind of the meat and potatoes, not the flash. So that's what you appreciate. This guy started 53 consecutive games in that conference, which speaks for itself. He's an easy player to evaluate and a great kid as well. And Dieter improved down the stretch last year. His numbers prove that. He didn't allow a sack after the Week 11 game against the Buffalo Bills and finished the season with his best pro football-focused run-blocking grade in the Week 17 victory over the New England Patriots. Up next on our rundown here is jersey number 65, Danny Isadora, who has three years in the NFL, entering his second with the Miami Dolphins. He's a hometown product, went to the University of Miami, going to be 26 years old on opening day, and again returned back to Hard Rock Stadium after playing his college ball there with the Hurricanes. And he played three games with the Dolphins last year after coming over in a September trade from the Minnesota Vikings. But he only played 127 snaps and those three games because his season was cut short with an injury. But he did save the best for last in that third game against the Dallas Cowboys with an 83.6 PFF pass blocking grade in that Dallas game. A clean sheet in pass protection, zero sacks, zero hits, and zero quarterback pressures for Isadora coming back to Miami this year trying to carve out a spot on the offensive line. 
Up next, rookie Solomon Kinley, the fourth round draft pick this year out of Georgia. He's number 66, 23 years old. You can't miss him. Six foot four, 339 pounds. He is a wrecking ball. Guys bounce off of him in his Georgia tape down there in the SEC. He has that sheer density, which just by virtue of the size, creates longer routes to the quarterback for his opponents in the passing game and leads to some almost comical pancake blocks on that college tape. NFL draft analyst Lance Zerline noted Kinley's ability to both win with power and finesse. He said this, quote, nasty guard who lives in scrap mode looking for fights inside a relatively small phone booth. Kinley has the frame of a powerful guard. He's a mauler with enough finesse to get some reach blocks and cutoff blocks. The size and toughness are great, end quote. And he played mostly on the right side early in his career, but he did move to left guard in 2018, where he started each of the last two seasons. Kinley played 2,005 snaps in his collegiate career and allowed just four sacks and 14 hurries on 901 pass blocking reps. Now, I'm not one for guarantees, but I can guarantee that Kinley had more than four snacks in his college career down there at Georgia. And Flores appreciates that physical aspect of the game, right? He talks about playing with a fullback, playing behind guys that can run the football and really move guys off the line of scrimmage. That's what he sees when he watches Kinley play. This quote from back in April when the Dolphins drafted him, quote, I would say that's the one thing that stands out. Flores says, he's a physical kid. He plays the game physically and looks like he enjoys the game. When you watch him play, you get the feeling that he enjoys the physical aspect of the game, end quote. And staying on the interior offensive line up next on our offensive line training camp preview part one, we will get to part two on tomorrow's podcast, talking about new Dolphins center slash interior lineman, Ted Karras, played four years all with the New England Patriots, entering his first here in Miami, coming on a one-year contract. 67 is the jersey number. He went to Illinois for his college. He's going to be 27 years old on opening day, and he played three years as a swing interior lineman, the backup lineman on the interior there for the Patriots before being called upon as the starting center last year for the 2019 Patriots, where he started 15 games, played 90% of the Patriots' offensive snaps, and continued an impressive run of mostly mistake-free football. I love cool stats. How's this for a cool stat? Over the last six years of Karras's football career, four as a pro, two in college, he's committed only eight penalties over that 85-game span, and that includes 45 starts. So very mistake-free football type of guy can communicate the offense to the quarterback, to the rest of the line, all that good stuff. His best football came down the stretch last year for the Patriots. He was Pro Football Focus's number two overall graded center over the final six games of the season. On the year, he allowed just 14 quarterback pressures. That was sixth among all centers that played at least 500 snaps in pass protection, and only three of those pressures resulted in hits on the quarterback, giving Karras an impressive .005 quarterback hit allowed rate. He keeps your quarterback clean on the interior offensive line. And of course, a former Patriot will reunite now in Miami with head coach Brian Flores. They spent three years there together as members of the AFC East rival of the Miami Dolphins. And the head coach of the Patriots, Bill Belichick, had some really good praise of the Dolphins' new man in the middle, saying, Ted's been a dependable player for us for four years. He's played guard for us. This year with David Andrews, who was out for the entire season last year, with David Andrews' situation, Ted's had the opportunity to play more, and he stepped in and played consistently like he really always has for us. Ted's a smart player. He's strong. He can anchor the middle of the pocket and his communication with his teammates on the offensive line, which is critical for the center position to handle blocking schemes and protections and so forth, has been good, end quote. 
And speaking of crazy stats, our next player here on this list, number 68, the rookie Robert Hunt. He has one of my favorite stats that was given out throughout the course of draft weekend out of Louisiana Lafayette. He's going to be 24 years old on opening day. This was a stat given by Trey Wingo on the ESPN broadcast, which he got from the Louisiana Lafayette coaching staff down there and that Rage and Cajuns program. They said that over the course of the last season, Hunt allowed only two quarterback pressures and did not miss a single run-blocking assignment. Of course, they're the ones that are going to track that thing, and they know the call of the offensive line because for fans... Even the most knowledgeable of fan who can read back stats and everything and give you all the knowledge of the game from a fan's perspective, we really don't know the true responsibility of each player on any given play. So who else would you trust besides the coaching staff? And they say that his stat sheet was pretty clean at Louisiana Lafayette and his tape really checks out too because it is full of dominant play where he controls the point of attack against the run and locks out in pass protection. He's played both guard and tackle. You'll hear Brian Flores later in this podcast talk about that versatility and how important it is. And according to Pro Football Focus, Raging Cajun runs behind Robert Hunt in 2019 resulted in a 63% success rate and 4.1 yards before contact. Now, most of the times you're going to get one, two, three yards, 4.1 yards before the back is even touched running behind Robert Hunt. That, of course, led all 22 interior line prospects charted. They charted him as an interior line prospect, as some have considered him an inside or outside guy, but he will have a chance to play on the offensive line inside or outside again. That versatility is valuable here, but he led the nation in that 4.1 yards before contact stat. And according to Chris Greer, the Dolphins took Hunt off the board in that second round in front of some other teams that were hoping to land the six foot five, 323 pound lineman. Greer had this to say, he's a tough physical player. He plays with an attitude. He's got good football intelligence. It's important to him. A lot of those criteria and qualities the coaching staff is looking for. This kid has them, so we're very excited. After we took him, Brian and I got multiple texts from people on other teams saying that was their guy. So we were happy to get him and think he'll be a good fit. We are looking forward to having him to work and get on the field and compete for a job. Greer said there after the Dolphins drafted him back in April. Let's go ahead and finish up part one here with offensive tackle Julian Davenport. Three seasons in the NFL, entering number two with the Miami Dolphins, number 70 out of Bucknell. Still just 25 years old on opening day. He came over last year in that trade towards the end of training camp and entered the lineup right away as a left tackle, but got hurt in that game and missed a big chunk of the season. But he did come back in the week 11 game against Buffalo, and he finished out the season over the final four games with positive pro football focus grades in the pass blocking department with just one sack, two QB hits, and seven pressures allowed. So incremental improvement there for Davenport as the year went along and Flores talked about that improvement and areas where Davenport can improve his game he said quote we've harped on him about just consistency with his technique the kid's athletic but he's got to play with good footwork hand placement tight hands a low base in the run game he's starting to do those things a little bit more consistently end quote. So check out the written piece up on MiamiDolphins.com, the offensive line training camp preview. Again, we have all this content for you guys up on the website, taking a look at the offensive players. We're going to transition uh, in two days from now to the defensive side of the football. Tomorrow's going to be the offensive line part two. We'll get a look in that piece at guys like rookie Austin Jackson, the 18th pick in this year's draft, and Jesse Davis, as well as the rest of the offensive linemen. 
But let's go ahead now and pivot over to the media availability of head coach Brian Flores from Monday. He spoke with South Florida reporters for about 15 minutes, answered some really good questions, and gave us some good insight into what the Dolphins are doing this week and beyond here in training camp 2020. And I thought the first question was a great leadoff question to the media availability because every year you'll see teams talk about their motto or their slogan, the kind of top priority for that season. That was the first question put to Brian Flores about this year, the 2020 season. What is your motto or slogan or theme for the year? As well as, is everybody there and reported to camp? Here's Flores' answer on both those two questions. Well, to to your first question, yeah, everyone's here. Um, As far as a motto or theme, I think... um, you know, safety is, is probably the first word that comes to mind. Uh, you know, just trying to make this place as, as safe as possible, um, you know, on the field, off the field. Up next, a question posed to Coach Flores about the shape of the players reporting to camp as we get ready for this strength and conditioning program and the ramp up up to actual training camp practices that begin on August 17th. Here's Coach Flores talking about the state and the condition of his team without the benefit of OTAs and a normal off season. Well, you know, the first week's been, it's been good, you know, the, the information period, um, you know, that the, uh, the league and the, and the PA agreed to, and I think it kind of shows how important the offseason is, just from a, you know, rep standpoint on the field, but also from a strength and conditioning standpoint. Uh, I think guys are in, in, in okay shape. Uh, we've got a long way to go, but they're working. Uh, they're working pretty dil- diligently, and, you know, I've seen already some improvement over the first week. And I'm sure that they'll continue to improve, but uh, you know the off season's you know obviously very important, um, uh, and I think the players they understand that too, you know, which is why they they ask for this. As well. And when we do these media availabilities, I always try to find the key story or the thing we really want to point out in that story up on MiamiDolphins.com. And the thing I found most interesting was the attention to detail and how Brian Flores and his staff are always going to have contingencies and plans in place in the event that something does come up they have to address and how they will handle any potential coaches going on the COVID list and having to replace those coaches for practices, games. And here's Coach Flores on any contingency plans regarding that. Yeah, we, uh, we talked about this in the spring. Everyone's got a backup. Everyone's got two backups. Uh, it's something we talked about. We've got a. Uh, we're taking this the same approach we take with the players. If you know, if I go down, the line coach goes down. We're doing this, and so on and so forth. So, uh, it's something we talked about. But it's not just you know on the coaches and coaching the player staff. It's you know, our training conditioning coach, you know, head trainer, you know, head equipment guy, nutritionist. So you have to have a plan for everyone, you know, especially in time like this. And so we talk about the buzzwords Coach Flores loves to use and the kind of pillars he's building this program around, the criteria of being a Miami Dolphin. We've talked about the attention to detail, the quizzes he'll give players throughout the course of the week in meetings and practices and the film room and so forth. Well, the other thing we talk about a lot on this podcast, on the website, with anything regarding Miami Dolphins football is versatility, right? And so Coach Flores was posed the question about the approach of adding players up front to the front seven and what each of those players might fill, which role each of those players might feel rather and how Flores feels about where guys like Emmanuel Ogba, Shaq Lawson and the like might fit into the defense. Well, Flores had this to say about everybody on his roster, including those guys in the front seven. Well, we want to bring in good players, guys who you know fit the criteria we're looking for, tough, smart, talented, able to communicate. And I think we, you know, we feel good about uh, the guys we acquire, but at the same time, um, there's a, it, it takes time for a defensive line to gel. So we need to hit the practice field. We need to get you know together in meetings and uh, talk through 
calls, communication, scheme, um, where guys fit the best, um, what specific role is, is best for each individual player. So you know, that's what that's what training camp's about. So we got a long way to go. There was a makeover, you know, to a degree, but but we got a long way to go. And, and up next, Coach was asked about the plan for quarterback Josh Rosen, but again, that gave him a chance to really emphasize the importance of every single player taking each day, taking each, each rep, each meeting, each practice, each walkthrough with a certain sense of urgency and the opportunity to get better and to earn yourself reps come game day and how everyone right now is under the evaluation process heading in to training camp and the season. You know, the vision for Josh is, is, is the same vision for every player. You know, come in. That's it's a new offense. There's a you know new teammates. So learn the playbook. Get to know your teammates. Work hard in practice. Try to improve every day. Take advantage of your opportunity. Take advantage of your reps. You know, and let your play on the field. Um, you know what you do on the field will. will you know, at the end of the day, that that'll that'll uh, we'll know. It, it, You'll earn your excuse me. You'll earn your your reps on the field based on how you play in practice. Um, so you know that that hasn't changed for for Josh or anyone else on on, on the roster. And the next question here on our media availability for Brian Flores on Monday, August the 3rd, on this Tuesday, August the 4th edition of the Drive Time Podcast is another opportunity for him to tell you this team will not make excuses and will not look at any circumstance or situation as a reason for why they might not get victories on Sunday. This is the hand you're dealt. you got to play the cards you get. Here's Brian Flores' answer regarding that. You know, David, it is an odd year. It's a different year. But, uh, you know, like I said the last time, last week when we talked to, when I talked to you guys you know, these are the cards we've been dealt. So, you know, we got to play this hand. And, um, you know, there are going to be some uh, some obstacles, but, um, you know, I think we're, you know, we've you know got to make the best of the situation. Uh, I think as coaches, as a coaching staff, we understand that. So we have a plan in place, so we, we put a lot of thought into, uh, you know, trying to, to, to build in a competitive team. Um, you know, in a short period of time. You know, what that entails, I'm not going to get into right now. Or what we felt like it entails, I'm not going to get into that right now. Uh, but, um, you know, we put a lot of thought into that, uh, really in all, in, all, in all areas, you know, strength, strength and, strength and condition, conditioning phase, which we're in right now, uh, to the walkthroughs, which we're also in. Uh, you know, and we start to kind of ramp it up um, in the uh, phase two and OTA days. And then finally, we'll get the pads. Try to put a schedule in place that um, you know we're building throughout the course of that, and you know hopefully we're ready to play you know, when the season starts. But you know we are taking the one day at a time approach. You know, it's that's that's it's, things are changing on a daily basis. I think one of the things you can really appreciate about Brian Flores and his transparency with the media is that he's going to kind of help you get an understanding of his thinking with certain things. And this year especially, which is going to be a different year, here he talks about the idea of being multiple and having versatility built into the scheme, both on offense and defense and in the kicking game, and how that's not going to change anytime soon for this Dolphin squad under Brian Flores. I think it's, it's, it's built into the... You know the versatility in the scheme. It's 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 built into what we do offensively, defensively, in the, in the kicking game. Um, so, you know, a player may be this, you know, this position in this group, and this position in another group. So, 
I don't think that changes. I think that's, that that remains the same for for our team, and I imagine that's the way it's the way it is on a lot of teams. So, I mean, we still need guys who are multiple. We still need guys who can play multiple positions, and I think that's you know even more important this year in a year where we don't know. Um, you know, you could lose a, a, a you know, one, two, three if you're a group of guys. And we're going to need other guys to step in. So, um, you know, tackles are playing guard, guards are playing centers. Uh, you know, defensive tackles will end up, you know, kicking out the defensive end. You know, corners playing safety, safety's playing corner. I mean, you can't get all of that practice. I'm not saying that. Um, but, uh, you know, the guys we feel are flexible enough and smart enough to, to handle those different positions, you know, we'll try to um, uh, introduce those positions and those you know, schemes to them, um, you know, in small increments, I would say. And next you'll hear Coach talk about the rookie class and getting these guys acclimated to the season, to training camp this year. And you'll hear him refer to the evaluation period and how right now is kind of a ramp-up period, just getting guys' bodies used to the rigors of training camp and of football every single day. Here's Coach talking about his rookie class and the evaluation of his players on his roster. We've got a, I think we've got a pretty solid group. Um, they work hard. Uh, they've worked hard this first week. Uh, they're into it. Uh, they're picking up the, the schemes offensively, defensively, and in the kicking game. Um, but it, again, it's, it's a walkthrough, so... Um, as far as, you know, anything, you know, past their height, weight, speed, um, you know, we're not really seeing them move and, you know, change the directions, uh, you know, really sprint. You know, we're not, we're, we're not really not seeing that from anyone in the group to include to us. So I think they're all doing a good job. We've got a long way to go. Um, and as, as we start to practice, starts to go, you know, ramp up and we're in more to the phase two, the OTA and the actual practice, then we really get an evaluation. And speaking of rookies, we go back for the final question of the presser with a question about a strong rookie from last year's team in Preston Williams and how he's progressing this year through his offseason rehab coming off the ACL injury in the middle of the 2019 season. Well, Preston's he's worked extremely hard since the injury. Worked his way back into uh, to where he, he, he was clear for uh, activity again, it's it's walk through right now. So, you know, he's you know, the strength and conditioning in the morning. So he's running, he's lifting, and then you know, we see him in a walk through setting. But again, for Preston, it's a new offense. So, you know, learning the terminology, uh, you know, the depths on some routes and things of that nature that are a little bit different than they were a year ago. Uh, that's kind of where his focus is right now. but. He's worked extremely hard, as all of our guys have, uh, from a rehab standpoint. And, uh, you know, look, we just got to put, take this thing one day at a time. Um, that should be his approach and every 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 player on our team's approach. And uh, you know, just try to get better at it on a daily basis. And that's I continue. You know, you got you guys probably sit here and me say that, but it's, it's something that I, I try to preach to these guys every day. Let's just try to get better. Let's try to improve. Let's. You know, let's be safe, let's make smart decisions. And uh, if we do those consistently, we'll be okay. 
And so there's coaches media availability. You guys can find the entire press conference up on MiamiDolphins.com as well as our YouTube channel. And speaking of Miami Dolphins content, do not forget to check out the new Miami Dolphins HQ pieces. I'll be writing those every single morning at 8 a.m. Eastern. They're going to be called Today from Miami Dolphins HQ as we take a look at everything you need to know for that day as a Miami Dolphins fan. Around the other content aspects here on the Drive Time Podcast and the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network is the Fish Tank Podcast with Seth and Juice. They had Dave Hyde on the podcast, which is available right now. Here's a quick teaser for that podcast on the Fish Tank. You're now diving into the Fish Tank. I know you had to have some, some memorable moments and, and times with coaching and some experience. Can you tell us about a little bit of that? Yeah, well, it, you know, the one that comes to mind is probably one of the more recent ones, which uh, I, I went out with him and Bob Grease at the Gulfstream racetrack and sat for an hour and listened to uh, Coach's awful jokes. You know, the, the, <laughs> the funny thing is he got older. He, he actually lightened up and, and he, he let yep. you in and uh, he had a sense of humor. You saw it a lot more when he had the full pressure on him of, Coach Shula, you knew if you wrote something he didn't like, he would hear about it. He had confrontation was in his toolbox. You know, that was a great tool he had. And, and I don't mean that in a bad way because everybody says, oh, tell a story of Coach Shula blowing up at you. Well, here, here's the story. I, I went out there one day and uh, back then, again, with access after lunch in the media the cafeteria, back players ate, media ate in the same room. There was a media table. Coach Shula would walk over and sit down at the media table. You'd ask him questions. So I asked a question. And he goes, after the crap you wrote, you want, you're asking that? And I was like. I feel like you like, didn't say crap, Juice. So yeah, I, so, but I, I don't know where we are on the rating scale here. Let right it fly, now. man. Let okay, it fly. Okay. So after the, shit, the horse column you wrote. And I, and I was like, and I, and I said, uh, what are you talking about? And he goes, you don't even remember what you wrote? And I said, yeah, coach, but I wrote two columns this week. I'm not sure which one you're talking about. <laughs> that actually that actually got a little chuckle out of me. And, and the point being, if you gave something, you know, you couldn't just take it with him. If you gave something back a little, and he, he appreciated that. He, that's what he, and at the same time, some, sometimes you just let, had to let the thunderstorm roll over you. And, but he was very good. Once he said what he had to say, he was done with it. He didn't carry grudges. He didn't carry uh, remind you the next time of it. He got it out, and 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 I, and I think talking with players, he was the same way. So there it is, Dave Hyde talking, of course, about the legendary Don Shula, the late great Don Shula, the winningest coach in NFL history. Check out that edition of the Fish Tank Podcast with Seth Levitt and OJ Juice McDuffie. That is live right now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast from. Go check out the Fish Tank. Also, please be sure to subscribe to this podcast, that podcast, the Audible podcast as well. Give me a follow on Twitter at Wingfield NFL. Follow the Dolphins at Miami Dolphins. Follow the Fish Tank at the Fish Tank 81. Of course, MiamiDolphins.com. Until next time, Dolphins fans, fins up.